Hey now, welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. My name is Dave Lorenzo, and today I'm bringing you something you may not have heard about. I know you know about fractional CFOs. I know you know about outsourcing a lot of aspects of your business. What you may not know is that there is the opportunity for you to engage a fractional chief marketing officer. That's right. Maybe you're growing and you're growing quickly, but you're not big enough to have a chief marketing officer. Well, I've got just the person for you. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to go inside the world of a fractional chief marketing officer. So join me in welcoming Jeremy Kane to the Inside BS Show. Jeremy, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. This is exciting to be on your show. I've seen other episodes and I feel like you're a great interviewer. Well, I really appreciate that. Thanks for saying so, Jeremy. So, Jeremy, how did you become a fractional chief marketing officer? Where where did that come from? How did you evolve into being the guy people call when they're not ready for a full-time person, but they don't want to lose the focus on marketing? Yeah, so I got here because I want to fix problems, basically. And I saw in marketing that a lot of people were doing execution, you know, doing websites, doing advertising, and, and or maybe being a full service agency. And those are fixing, those are doing things in your marketing strategy. And there are probably a bunch of people out there that say that they're doing strategy for their clients. But they're usually partnering that strategy with also serving them. So what I loved about getting into a fractional CMO slot is I still got to solve problems, but take the client's interest first in helping solve those problems. Help them choose and educate on what the tactics and execution are, then help them choose how to spend their budget and fix problems along the way. All right. So talk about your uh, your typical engagement. I know there's no uh, one size fits all, and that's the beauty of bringing you in. But talk to us about who is the ideal company, who's the ideal firm to to call you to bring you in. Yeah. So there's a couple of big uh, buckets of people that are a good fit for this. And middle market is a really good area for it. That's People that have gotten a good amount of success in doing sales, they've probably tried marketing in various states, uh, but been unsatisfied. And what a fractional CMO comes in and does is instead of hiring that level of expertise full time, which can be really expensive and is a good fit for people that are on the upper side of middle market going into enterprise, but for people below that, and bottomed out at, let's say, well-funded startups, maybe Series C and above. You want to encourage growth, and you want to get your marketing strategy right, uh, but you've been having trouble find that. So bringing in a fractional CMO gives that strategic expertise, keeps the client interest centered, and you get to try and, and beef out that marketing strategy and find out what it needs to be uh, using that fractional CMO experience. Okay, so I'm a I'm a startup and I've been doing a lot of the marketing myself, let's say, and I have a great operations team. 
I have my financials are are in order and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I got to take my business to the next level. So I give you a call and you and I sit down, walk us through an engagement. What does, what's the first thing that you're going to look at when you come into to my company, which is already doing okay, but I want to take it yeah. to the next level. Yeah. So the big thing here is how much do you need a fractional CMO? The baseline is going to be meeting every two weeks with your marketing team, whether they're in-house or external. So maybe you have the internal capabilities, or maybe you've stacked up two, three agencies that are doing your marketing, and they're doing just fine. Or maybe they're, you know, they're doing okay, but you want them to do better. So if you need a, that certain level of two weeks, great. We're going to size the engagement for that. And then if you need a fractional CMO every week, or maybe daily, you know, because you're really trying to either push really hard in a, in a short state of like 90 days. Maybe you really want to do a, a really significant sprint. We've got packages for that. And it's really just how often do you need your CMO to take the reins and help steer the ship? Okay. And now how, uh, how granular will you or will members of your team get? So you're going to sit down with me and we're going to discuss strategy and mm-hmm. we're going to talk about making sure that we're targeting the right audience. How, how involved in the tactics will, will you get? So if I have an in-house team that's executing certain things, can, can I ask you to evaluate their execution and determine whether or not they're effective? Let's talk about how deep you'll get into the work that you do. And now it's time for another Sandrowski Business Minute. We're here with Jody Mersinger today, and she's going to talk to us about taxes. So, Jody, I want to give a large financial gift to my children. I love them so much. I already paid taxes on this money. Do they have to pay taxes on it when I give it to them? Well, Dave, there are different types of taxes that can touch the same money. There's income tax and transfer taxes. Income taxes is what you already paid on funds that you would like to give to your children. Um, Transfer taxes are what can be paid when you transfer assets to your children. There's gift, estate, inheritance taxes. Um, With respect to just gift taxes, as you had asked, the receiver of the gift, your children, do not pay any gift taxes. Um, In fact, there are no gift taxes. I think there's one state, uh, Connecticut, that has gift taxes. Otherwise, there are no gift taxes. Um, and there are some states that have an inheritance tax. Uh, but the donor should be aware of certain rules on gifting. Um, first of all, I'll say that you don't have to be concerned about gift tax. If there is a gift tax to be paid, it would be by the donor, not the donee. Um, However, there is a lifetime exemption that covers your gifts during life and your assets when you pass away of a little over $12 million. And that's per person, so it's over $24 million for a married couple. Um, Also, a donor should be aware that there is a gift tax return requirement if a gift exceeds $16,000 to a donee. So there's a, what they call a gift exclusion per donee of $16,000. That's up from $15,000 in the prior year, by the way. Also, the donor should be aware that if he or she pays the family member's 
education or medical expenses directly, it does not get included in the $16,000. Um, so that is beneficial if you give large sums of money to your children during the year. And also, you should be aware that there are what's called Section 529 plans. It is an education funding uh, plan that allows donors to gift up to five years worth of the annual donor gift exclusion in one year to uh, such a plan to help pre-fund education. So that would be an $80,000 uh, gift that one could be made. And also, I would recommend, you know, make sure that if you're gift trust or at least be cognizant of consequences if you're gifting directly to a, a child that's a minor. All right. So if you're out there and you want to give money to your kids, you need to give Jody a call. You can reach her at Sandrowski Corporate Advisors and you can call 866-717-1607, 866 866- 717-1607, Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. They're a CPA firm with a different perspective. Absolutely. So my responsibility as a fractional CMO is to own the top KPIs, your key performance indicators, and say, what do we need to get out of our marketing strategy? And then I will be helping understand how those things will get done through the actual tactics. So let's say you've got an advertiser working on a Google AdWords campaign, you've got a website SEO person or agency that's doing work there. We could be meeting every two weeks and I have a master KPI spreadsheet that has top level KPIs that I'm owning, but it also has KPIs for all of those other people that are working on marketing. We'll get together, we'll meet up and say, are you on track or off track? If you're off track, let's talk about why. And I'll help eliminate those roadblocks that they can do their job better. Okay. Now, what if we don't, we don't know what we don't know. So what if there's a gap and we've Mm -hmm. determined, you and I sit down, we determine that we're, we're targeting the right audience, but the message just doesn't seem to be getting through. Is that part of your ongoing engagement or is that a separate engagement to do kind of a gap analysis to see where, 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 where we can do better at hitting our targets? Well, every engagement that we work together with a client starts off with making the marketing strategy. A lot of times that actually means auditing their marketing strategy as it is, seeing where the gaps are, and making revising it to be a more effective marketing strategy. Now, if we determine that there needs to be some work on the brand, the messaging, and that's a sizable amount of work, we may want to hire a vendor to do that. In that case, I would help, if the client wanted to, uh, help them find, source, and vet that vendor. Help them choose. And help them choose from an educated marketing perspective. Then they would go and do the work if it was uh, to be done in, in that sense. Okay, great. Now let's talk a little bit about um, a little bit about conversion, right? So sure. let's say that you and I are working together three, four months, and we've got all the leads humming, we got everything coming in, but we just don't seem to be converting. You know, typically marketing is about driving traffic, and sales is about doing the conversion. Will you be able to jump in and help me pinpoint where my conversion process is breaking down, so that I can determine whether or not I need a new head of sales or Maybe I need different salespeople or maybe we need sales training. Yes, and that is precisely what I think a 
key value of a fractional CMO is, is that analysis and evaluation of what is the problem. This is an inherent conflict of interest in going to your execution team or agency to do it because usually they'll either blame something that they're not responsible for or say you need to pay us more to do the thing that we think is the problem uh, and they're a little, they're, they may be right, they may be wrong, but they are definitely a conflicted point of view. What we do is provide a conflict-free point of view to say, well, here's the process and here's where I think we're breaking down and here's why based off of the data that we have. Okay, great. So you're, you're coming in at a high level and you're advising the CEO, you're advising the founder, the entrepreneur, and that's, that's terrific. How did, how did this whole process evolve? Were you, were you doing, was your firm doing some of the tactical stuff? Did you, did you own an agency? Are you still an agency? Can you do some of the execution pieces? So we're not an agency anymore, but we have been an agency. And that's informed a lot of my perspective in being a fractional CMO. The history of Smart Yeti started out as a video production agency. And I took the perspective, uh, even before that, I was an engineer. I was a civil engineer professionally for six years. So I, I have a deep love of process, problem solving, and technical knowledge. I transitioned into marketing, first starting out in video, and thought, you know, I see a lot of people that are doing really expensive video production, a really bargain basement video production, but no one was doing middle of the road, because oftentimes that was a very complex discussion that involved a lot of education on the part of, hey, the client doesn't really know what bells and whistles they need, or what is necessary for their video, uh, And so having the perspective, I want to find the right fit for the client, which has always been the case for me in my marketing profession, uh, just applying that to video uh, was difficult and, you know, for a reason, but it's still the right thing to do. In the history past that, I applied that perspective into doing websites, into doing design of pretty much any kind. uh, And doing that for years, what I found and why I rose to be a fractional CMO was that I found that no matter what you did for producing a particular brand asset, it can still fall flat in terms of getting results off of it if you don't have a marketing strategy that is fit and working for the client. So I trained myself up reading and, and working with my existing clients to do marketing delivery actions like advertising and SEO. And what I learned eventually was that the best resource, best position that I could be in to help my clients is as a fractional CMO based off of my wealth of experience, both outside marketing, doing marketing tactical and execution work, and then working with clients on marketing strategy. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit now about what you're seeing in uh, in your world and what's effective and you know what works and what probably doesn't work as well. You mentioned a couple of things there. I'm a I'm a big fan of video. I think video works really really well. I think targeted SEO can work for some people, some businesses, depending on who their clients are and how well they know their ideal clients. What are your thoughts about what these days, what is super effective, what's moderately effective, and what should people just completely stay away from? That's a really loaded question because it depends on the business and it depends on the target. But in my expertise, which is B2B, Specifically, we're in B2B software, SaaS, and tech. 
I, I agree that video can be really powerful. Uh, I think SEO is probably the best bang for your buck if you're investing in anything. Uh, I subscribe to the uh, philosophy in if you're strapped on your marketing budget, first start out with SEO, build that SEO uh, authority, then get into retargeting advertising. Don't go into straight up advertising, aka PPC, pay-per-click. Do your retargeting first and then do PPC. This is a nice, easy ramp up to, to get organic search growth and then power it again and find along the way, what are people looking for? Because marketing is all about how do you connect with your audience? Now, video is extremely powerful in doing that because you get a lot more emotional value in doing video. So as long as you're producing content, which is a great strategy, produce content that connects with your audience on a regular basis, get feedback, and then do it more depending and move your direction depending on the feedback that you get. Okay, so when you're when you're talking about doing this uh, focus targeting and SEO uh, in B in the B two B space, can you give us a can you give us an example and um, you know demonstrate to us how how it works? Because I know a lot of B two B folks, and they're you know the first thing they would say is, well, listen. You know, I'm, I'm, there's an 800-pound gorilla in my industry. They dominate because they can produce way more content than I can. So give us an example of how you would use SEO in the B2B space. Sure. So first, you got to start off by understanding who you're trying to connect with and what is your time length to try and get a certain result. So if you have a really big competitor, uh, that's a really great start to understanding what keywords are working for your industry. You would want to use your keyword research to look at that competitor and say, okay, what are they using for their keywords and why? Then they're probably going to be going after a certain set of keywords that are more competitive, aka going to be more expensive to compete on, but they're holding their budget towards keeping those keywords. It also means there's probably going to be an opportunity to rank on other keywords. So finding those keywords that are going to be effective and for your budget effective is key here because then that'll set your content strategy, which is uh, near and dear to SEO because you'll need to build content on your website to build your SEO authority. So you would then work towards building content that features those keywords, uh, get those pieces of content on your site, and maybe also work to build wh how those content pieces are linked to. So building your backlinks uh, and other people that are featuring your content or pointing to your content, and then making sure that your content also converts. You know, you want it, that content to point to something you want to sell. Uh, so that's all really important, let alone the technical SEO audit, which is also really important. If you have a broken website uh, in terms of Google's perspective of it from an SEO uh, value, you're just going to be building on a pile of sand. So you need to also do work to make sure that your website is foundationally correct with SEO. All right. Now, when when we're talking about uh, building a content strategy, I I think that's I think that's great because it also it also enhances your credibility as well as your visibility because people who find you in other ways are going to come to your website to check out what you've written and what you're what you have posted on there. 
how can how can video help with that discoverability? How how does video play into that these days? Sure. So video to me, I see as a rich piece of content of media. So that in itself, media will not necessarily get you eyeballs. It's more about how are you using that content in another delivery tactic. So delivery tactics are your ads, are your podcasts, are your um, you know Facebook advertising that sort of thing. It's how are you moving that content to connect with the audience. So to me, video has to be paired with some delivery method that you're investing in. In this case, you've built a great audience based off of doing video podcasts on a YouTube channel and other places, uh, and then pointing people to that video channel. That video channel will be your essentially your in using the video. And people can, depending on the budget, depending on who they're trying to connect with, choose the right video delivery method. And it might be email, it might be just, uh, you know, connecting that way, but you need that delivery method that matches up with where the people will be in order to make video powerful. Sure. I think that's, I think that's great. Uh, Jeremy, let's talk a little bit now about some offline strategies. What are you seeing these days that are, that are working when it comes to things that aren't on the internet? Sure. The internet is great. Everybody does the Google dance when they're, when they're searching for something and answer to a question or a particular service provider, but what's working from an offline perspective these days? Yeah. So for smaller companies, it's, I, I'm always going to recommend doing uh, strategic networking as a great start for their sales and marketing strategy. It's low cost relatively, especially if a founder or a company member is doing it. And it's still extremely powerful because we're still humans. We still want to connect with people and having direct connection with people is really powerful. Now, what is different in my mind compared to the people that will say, um, you know, just go out there and network, talk to as many people as possible. That will work eventually, but it is also not targeted. So what I usually suggest for people in making network, uh, networking a part of their marketing strategy is do the work to understand who are going to be natural and incentivized strategic partners for you. Now, for me as a fractional CMO, it's relatively easy, or it is now, given the fact that I've been doing the work to find out my strategic networking partners, it's other fractional C-suite people, or high-powered sales consultants, or business consultants in in general, as long as they're advising on the business in a functional way rather than a coaching or therapeutic way. Nothing against that. It's just not a strategic partner for me. Now, each business is going to have different strategic partners, but let's say you find what those three and four categories are, go out and try to connect with those people however best. You know, I do it through LinkedIn, which that's still the internet, so maybe that's bypassing your question, but uh, you can do it in uh, in in-person networking events or ask for referrals to your strategic partners from your, your in-network that you have right now. Yeah, you know, I think you raise a good point there. So uh, let's talk about that. When when it comes to business development these days, I, I, I love the term business development because 
from from my perspective, and there are specific roles, particularly in software, that have a that have a business development title. But the way I use the term business development, I think of blending sales and marketing together in a way that allows you the shortest path to the sale, the quickest way to get the money into your bank account, the quickest way to help your ideal client. And you just you just gave a great example of, listen, you can be out there marketing in person or you could be networking and connecting with people in person. And then once you once you meet them, you go back to your office and you the first thing you do is you send them an email thanking them for connecting with you. And then you go on LinkedIn and you connect with them, write them a personal note on LinkedIn to connect with them. So you're taking that in-person interaction and using online as a tool to deepen it. I am always, I'm always hesitant for, for when people tell me, oh, I don't want to do any of this online stuff. I don't understand it and it's too expensive. Well, you know, LinkedIn is a tool, right? Using the internet is a tool. Using uh, email, that's a tool for you to deepen engagement. Sure, still send a handwritten note and drop it in the mail, but also send it via email too because until you really know your client well, you don't know what they're going to respond to. I th- Talk about how you integrate an approach when you're developing a marketing plan so that it's not just one-dimensional. Yeah, so I look at it from, uh, you know, a resource management perspective and a time scale. So every marketing strategy to me needs your short, medium, and long-term time scale payoffs. Your SEO is going to be longer. Your advertising is going to be shorter, but it's going to fill your top of funnel. And then you got to make sure that you have that sales connection and resources to follow up on these leads. I'm not going to be able to work with the company in any valuable capacity if they don't have the ability to work with the leads that we create. Uh, and really, for me, I think what you were expressing about business development being something that uh, encapsulates both marketing and sales, that hits a lot for me because I don't like to think about marketing as siloed separate from sales. I think of it as just one big sales pipeline. And so my leads are just going to be effective if the sales team can actually do something with it. And all you're doing, all, all the suggestion of a uh, business development resource is uh, doing for a silo or a singular strategy there is you're doing both marketing and sales actions there and, and making it really short. That's fine. And that might really, that might work for a small company. What happens when you want to, when you find success in that, but want to scale it up, you know, it's very expensive to have a person doing all your marketing and sales actions. And that's when doing marketing in a separate sense from sales as a, uh, a feeder into sales makes sense. And all of this work is to just do what is most cost effective. And that's both effective and cost effective for the budget. That's great. Um, we're speaking with Jeremy Connie. He's the fractional chief marketing officer. The name of his company is Smart Yeti. You can find them online at smartyeti.co, smartyeti.co.co. Uh, Jeremy can also be reached by calling 319-573-5638, 319-573-5638. Jeremy, let's talk a little bit about differentiation now. When uh, clients come to you, they're most likely in crowded industries because every industry these days seems to be getting more and more crowded. 
what how do you help them determine what they can do to really stand out in a crowded marketplace sure so that's all going to be well not all but that's going to start from understanding your value position your value uh uh you know position uh, compared to your competitors you know what is your proposition of how you're different than your competitors we have to be able to have that be extremely succinct in order for one to align your marketing and sales team they should all be saying what makes you special if you know what that is then you've done your homework but a lot of people in a crowded space uh either say i don't have direct competitors or I'm special because of this, but I haven't really validated this. So we need to validate that. Is that what you're getting in feedback from your sales? What evidence do you have of people really wanting that value point or value points? And testing that is key to understanding how you're going to compete in a crowded market space. Um, if you don't, If you don't know it, you need to know it. And if you know it, prove it out. Yeah, I think you raise a great point there. One of the things I tell my clients all the time, so I, the very first question I ask them is why Why should somebody work with you versus work with other people who do what you do, right? And that's the definition of differentiation. I work with professional service providers, and they always default to the, well, we have a combined 160 years of experience, and, you know, I mean, that's... Uh, that there's just there's just so many canned responses to that. So what I say is, okay, take a step back. You have clients. Let's do this. Why don't you go out and ask your clients why they chose you? Why don't you go out and ask their, ask your clients why they chose your firm? And guess what? You're going to figure out what makes you different by asking your clients, and they'll give you the answer. Because you thinking what makes you different means nothing. Your clients telling you what makes you different means everything. Now, and that that brings me to uh, a question, I think, Jeremy, as uh, a fractional uh, chief marketing officer, you uh, you can really help us with how do you get through to somebody who has a distorted view of their company or a distorted view of their value proposition. You know, years ago, um, I, I interviewed a bunch of people in the advertising industry and I said, what makes for a successful ad? And a couple of them gave me a version of, well, you put the CEO's wife or you put the CEO's dog in the ad and that's a successful ad because they're going to be happy with it. And I said, well, what about, you know, what about selling the product or selling the service? And they were like, look, our job is just to make sure our client is happy and our client is happy if they see something they like in the ad. How do you get somebody out of that stupid mindset or the ignorance of thinking they know something and they don't really know it? So key to all of my client relationships and people that I choose to work with is a baseline trust and respect of each other. I, as the marketing expert, compared to a CEO, CEO is uh, responsible for so many aspects of the business. They won't be able to be as deep in, steeped in marketing as, hopefully, as their chief marketing officer. If not, they can still be the CMO, and I have no qualms with that. But if you're bringing me in to bring in strategy for your marketing, I want there to be, uh, well, I need there to be some mutual respect here so that when I say, you know, we need to consider this tactic or we need to review this tactic, 
that's accepted without fighting. Uh, and I don't mean to say that people need to acquiesce to my recommendations. They need to be able to work in the process, which is what I want to get to of how I evaluate whether or not something is going to be effective. You need to understand what is it going to do? What do you need this marketing action or sales action to do? How does it fit into your larger strategy? And what are the results that you expect from it? These are all the KPIs that we're making. We're assessing the results, the return that we want to get from our investment. Now, if we say that we're entertaining doing an ad for, you know, X, Y, Z reason, uh, I want to say, all right, what does this need to do? Why is it going to be effective? And I'll help provide a perspective of, you know, is this actually going to connect with our market, our target market, and why? Of course, I'll be leaning on my execution partners to be able to help uh, evaluate that, but I'll be providing my own expertise and saying, we need this to work. And for me, my perspective has always been in B2B, you have to talk value. There are plenty of tricks out there, especially in B2C, to get attention, to get eyeballs. But to get sales, you need your target market to understand why you're valuable and why you are better to provide that value than your competition. That is tantamount. And if a tactic is not helping get that in some way, it is not going to be effective in the B2B space. No, I, I think you're I think you're spot on. I think that's terrific. Okay, Jeremy, I want you to take just a quick minute now and think of three things we should take away from our time together today. Think of three things we want folks to take away from our conversation. I'm going to give you a minute to do that. I need to remind people that we are brought to you by My Revenue Roadmap Guide. So if you're in professional services, you're a lawyer, you're an architect, you're a CPA, you're a consultant, or you're a coach, and you want to connect with your ideal clients, and you want to do it in a way that's natural and that's based on relationships, I've got a business development plan for you. See, you need a plan. You can't just wing it. You heard Jeremy for the last 28, 29 minutes talk about developing a plan and executing on a plan. That goes for professional services as well. You can sit down and you can rack your brain and try and come up with a a brand new plan, or you can use the plan that I use with my clients. You see, I've got this great template. I use it with my clients. I customize it for them. I want to give it to you. You can customize it for yourself. Here's how you can get it. Go to this website, revenueroadmapguide.com. Put all those words together, those three words, revenueroadmapguide.com. Enter your contact info there. You'll get immediate access to download my business development plan, and you can customize it for your business, your professional service firm. I've used it with CPAs. I've used it with architects, with accountants. I said that already. I've used it with lawyers, coaches, consultants, anybody who provides a service to people. You can use this plan. It's specifically for you. RevenueRoadmapGuide.com. Enter your contact info. Download it. For free today. If you want to reach out to Jeremy, you want a fractional chief marketing officer, you want to explore more about what Jeremy and his company are all about, you can do this. You can go to smartyeti.co. That's his website. Or you can call this phone number. Get your pencil. 319-573-5638. 319-573-5638. Okay, Jeremy, what are three things people should take away from our time together today? So I would love for people to think about 
who are their who are they getting their strategic uh, insights from in determining their marketing strategy? The CEO that's managing it is a director of marketing. Are you getting it from an external agency? Is that what is necessary to help you create your marketing strategy that works for you? Also, is your are your business and revenue goals tied directly to your marketing strategy? Do you understand how you're going to get, as you say, to where you want to go and determine those things as you go over time and, and plan out your growth? Have you done that work to understand where you want to go and how it's going to work with your marketing strategy? Uh, after that, I would just consider, you know, have you have you been you know frustrated with marketing? Uh, have you been frustrated with under trying to understand how it's going to work? Why is it not working? A lot of times, this has to do with your in-house capabilities for your CRM and your flow from how you uh, you pick up those leads that your marketing execution team is working for you. So, having someone to look at the whole process can be really valuable. Someone to own the whole thing. That's what a fractional CMO does. It takes a high level perspective and says, you know, doesn't matter who's going to do it, just needs to be effective. And we need to make sure that we get sales off of that effort. All right. So reach out to Jeremy today. He can help you with all those things. You can call him at 319-573-5638, 319-573-5638, or go to this website, Smart Yeti. Dot co. So that's S-M-A-R-T-Y-E-T-I dot C-O. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us today. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the Inside BS show. Thanks for having me, Dave. This was a great pleasure. All righty, folks, that'll do it for another episode of the Inside BS show. My name is Dave Lorenzo. We'll be back here again tomorrow with another edition of the show. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.